Well, hey there, Woodside family and friends and to all of our special guests who love to follow the link. Welcome to another very exciting edition of the link. Today, we get a chance to have a conversation about a part of the Christian uh, doctrine and theology that is so often misunderstood. Today, we're going to talk about a three letter word that has plagued humanity from the very beginning. It's called sin. What is sin? You know, you often hear people talk about how underneath all of the problems that we're seeing in culture and society is a sin problem. And I would agree with that and scripture agrees with that. But how do we talk about sin in a generation that really doesn't have categories uh, for sin? We're gonna get into that with some friends that I believe will help to bring light to this. So grab your Bibles because this is gonna be a very uh, theological edition of The Link. I'm joined today by our senior executive pastor of Campesine, Pastor Steve Zarelli. Pastor Steve, thanks for being with us. Yeah, great to be here. And then one of our lead pastors, the campus pastor for our Algonac campus, Pastor Dan Stewart. Hey, Pastor Dan, how are you? Chris, I'm well. Good to it's be with good you. to be with both of you guys. When we talk about sin, it seems like that takes us back to the beginning, Pastor Steve. Uh, you get into the Genesis narrative and everything starts out perfect. Everything starts perfect in creation and relationship with God and man. But then you stumble upon chapter three, and it seems like that's when everything goes off the rails. Um, what is sin? Maybe take us back to Genesis chapter three, and uh, how does that impact us? Yeah. So, of course, Christianity starts with some big presuppositions. Right. There is a God. Uh, he created all that is, and he is able to be known. Uh, he is a personal God. He's both transcendent above us, but he's also imminent. He's present with us. And um, so in this created story of humanity, uh, he desired relationship with us. He desired for us to experience his love, his perfect love. And so one of the best definitions, I believe, that I've heard of sin uh, was given by the preacher, Charles Spurgeon. And he said, sin is nonconformity to the will of God. I love that. So if God's will is that we would be in perfect relationship with him and experience the joy and the presence of the triune God and really to his glory and for our thriving, if that's really what it's all about is that's his will, then basically sin is when there's nonconformity with that will. And we know, according to the Word of God, and certainly by just looking at the world, um, it's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, is what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 3. And yet, when you think about what does that then mean, that's one of the issues today, as many would say that, well, sin hasn't really uh, been the effect upon humanity, or that's something that maybe people do, but it's not something that they have. It's yeah. not a condition. Uh, and yet, when you think about the words of Jesus, I think we get there more easily. So he said the greatest command, if you could sum up all of the word of God in the Old Testament in terms of the law and the will of God and the commands of God, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, yes. mind, soul, and strength. Yes. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And I think when we look at it through those two simple lenses, have I loved God in every moment of my life with everything, I know that I've fallen. And when I think about have I loved my neighbor uh, as I love myself in every moment of life, I've fallen. And so that helps us, I think, with the categories and the universality of sin. 
you know, I think there's a couple of other aspects of this conversation of sin that so often is forgotten. One is this theological concept of federal headship, right? Mm -hmm. That all men were in Adam and because Adam sinned, we have this inherited uh, sin nature that all of us are born with, you know, and it's seen even before we have this kind of volition of the will when we grow up and we're older and more accountable, you know, and I often use this analogy, Dan, that if you got two kids and one toy, you see the sin nature, right? It just comes out that selfishness doesn't need to be taught. It's somehow in us. But in many ways, we're double sinners, right? We have this inherited sin nature. But then what scripture is clear about is that as I get older and I do have volition and uh, accountability because my own choices are alive, I choose to sin that every one of us chooses to not be in this loving relationship with God. And I think you're right, Pastor Steve, this is God's will. And I think about 1 John 5 that tells us that to love God is to keep his commandments, right? So one of the ways I measure if I'm loving God is am I keeping his commandments? And I think that exposes all of our hearts. You know, um, there's one more aspect of this that I think is important too, and that's the corporate side of sin, right? That sin in scripture is not just talked about as uh, individuals, so you sin, I sin, but there's throughout the Old Testament times when God holds Israel accountable. Israel, you have sinned, you have transgressed against me. And so there's this corporate sin as well that has to be dealt with. But Pastor Dan, I guess my question for you is, what is the effect of all this? What is the effect on humanity when we don't love God or live into his will of relationship with him? Yeah, well, you guys both just beautifully described the, um, the autonomy that we wrestle with, yes. right? That sin is the lack of conformity to God's standard. Yeah. So that's saying that, so I make the standard. Yeah, right? Great. I can do whatever I want, whatever I think is right. And that was the greatest yeah. delusion that the enemy presented to the, to the dwellers of the garden, yeah. right? You can decide for yourself what's good and evil, what's right and wrong. Yeah. And so I think that is where we then begin to act out on this, what we call sin, mm -hmm. defining what is right based on its effect on me, yes. on what I think it should be. And so then when we do step there, when we step into that, um, that lack of conformity to the will of God, immediately, though there may be pleasures in the sin, there's also brokenness that yes. sets in. Yes. We often think of the brokenness in our relationship with God. Sin separates us from him. The wages of sin is death, is that, that spiritual separation. And so that's primary, that's ultimate. If we die in that condition, we face judgment forever. Yeah. But there's also brokenness amongst people. Sin creates barriers and brokenness amongst people. That's where relationships struggle. That's where racism settles in. That's where uh, classism uh, reels its ugly head. I think there's also brokenness in creation, us in creation. When we sin, when we do what we want, suddenly that relationship with the world, with the creative world, becomes broken. Yes. We abuse nature and mis misuse it. Um, brokenness with ourself. Yeah. I do what I want because I want that, 
but it creates those side effects, comes with those side effects that creates brokenness yeah. in this relationship just with myself. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And you know, some have described it this way, and you've heard it, Pastor Dan and Pastor Steve, that in Genesis 3, four relationships were damaged, right? Mm -hmm. So our relationship with God, our relationship with creation, our relationship with others, and our relationship with ourselves. So all of those relationships were shattered, broken, marred. But then the question becomes, what's the remedy? And, and somebody, someone may be watching this wondering, why would I sit through a discussion on sin? Why do we need to have this discussion? And the answer, my friends, is that the remedy to the brokenness in our world, because at the end of the day, this is what we're trying to fix, right? We're trying to fix brokenness, the brokenness between groups of people, individuals in our families, the damage that we're doing to ourselves, the damage that's happening to created order all around us. So what then does scripture give us, Pastor Steve, in the gospel as the solution? What's the solution to the sin problem of humanity? Yeah, I mean, that's the best part. Right. That's the good news, what we call the gospel. Yeah. It's that, you know, the issue with sin is we've replaced the love of God for the love of something else. Yes. Something that the Bible calls idolatry. It could be idolatry of self, idolatry of many other things. And so uh, really the solution is back to love. Yeah. The most famous passage of all, that God loved, that he sent a sacrifice, and whoever would believe in his son Jesus Christ would not perish but have eternal life. And so when we think about the answer, the answer is incarnate love from God. And so the incarnate love of God came in a person, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. And it was through his life lived perfectly, the first human being, fully God, fully man. Uh, what, what the fancy word is a theanthropos, theos, God, anthropos, man. He's the God man. And he was the first one who went through all of life in complete conformity with God's will. Yes. And so that's ultimately what the biblical picture of sacrificial love is about, that sacrifice uh, covers over, sacrifice is given out of love. It, the, the, the theological word is atones for or covers over sin. And so here is this God man, Jesus Christ, yes. who lived a perfect life in conformity with the Father, who gave his life to cover over, atone for all of our nonconformity all of our brokenness, all of our sin. And what that does, right back to what Pastor Dan said, is that restores relationship. It restores love. And so no longer am I uh, pulled by every other, we still feel the temptation for sure, and we still fall into that temptation. But now I am uh, mostly geared for, and I'm, I'm identified with the love of God, which actually overcomes sin. Yeah, so if uh, in the garden, because of Adam and Eve's sin, those four relationships were damaged, then in Christ, those four relationships are restored. Right. We have that relationship now with God. We have the relationship that's restored back with others, right? We're able to, to uh, do justice and, and, and love mercy and walk humbly with our God. We have the relationship restored uh, with ourselves and even with creation. And so Jesus then steps in and writes all of the wrongs. 
And Pastor Steve does a great job, Pastor Dan, in highlighting how that then satisfies, right, God and his uh, and, and the judgment that we all are in danger for. But there's something internal that happens in me, right? When Jesus steps into our lives, Pastor Dan, what happens internally? What what type of people do we become when we have a relationship with Christ? So in the Old Testament, it talked about uh, that moment when our God would take away our heart of stone yes. and he would grant to us a heart of flesh. Yes. The New Testament, in Paul's writing, he refers to it as the new creation, that old things are passed away and all things have become new. It's that ministry of the Holy Spirit taking residency in our life that at the very core of who we are, at the source of our passions now is the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. And so we live according to his law, the law of the spirit, instead of, as Romans 8 says, the law of the flesh. And so, so we live according to that, uh, that, that right standard of right and wrong, not looking to simply a list to try to measure, but now we have a person living inside of us to whom we live and with yeah. whom we live. And so we have a, a really a new nature yes. that now can live out according to these great laws of loving the Lord your God with all your heart yeah. and loving your neighbor as yourself. You know, this becomes hugely important to me because as I look at the problems in our culture and society, I think about the uh, work of a physician, right? You cannot properly treat what you don't properly diagnose, mm -hmm. right? Like if you've misdiagnosed a problem, you're gonna misdiagnose the treatment. So if we think that the problem of poverty is ultimately a money problem, we're just gonna throw dollars at it and realize after trillions of dollars, nothing's really changed, right? If we think the problem of racism actually, again, as many have said, is a skin problem, then we'll just try to be around all of those who have the same skin color as us. But guess what happens then? We still abuse each other. We're still hurting each other. We still mistreat each other. But when we realize, no, the issue is that, man, I need to be transformed from the inside out. I need a restored relationship with God so that I can receive love and give love. Now you got the proper diagnosis and now you can get the proper treatment, right? Um, we talked a little bit about the fact that this whole discussion has, yes, uh, temporal impact on us now. But Pastor Steve, let's talk about heaven and hell because there is an eternal aspect to this as well. If, again, if we misdiagnose the problem, we're just trying to find a social utopia, or we're just trying to mitigate problems with natural solutions, and we don't turn to Christ for the salvation of our souls, what happens to us, not just in this life, but yeah. in the life to come? Yeah, I mean, Jesus said he came to give life and life to the fullest. Yes. And that's not just temporal, like you're saying, it's yeah. also an eternal yeah. nature to it as well. So it's life now and life to come. And what he's really saying is if you don't believe in him, as the way, the truth, and the life. If you don't affirm that he is the Lord and Savior of all, if you do not believe in what he did on the cross, the victory he gained there, yeah. the atonement that happened there, the example he gave us there, then we will not experience the very things that God designed us for, which is relationship with him and love. And so when we reject the truth of Christ and the person of Christ, the Bible is, is 
clear that this causes separation, that that relational separation that happened because of sin becomes a permanent state. Yes. And beyond this life into the life to come, eternal life, because we're created beings in the image of God that are meant to exist beyond just the physical life here and now. And, uh, you know, when you think about hell, it's a tough word in our culture. Francis Chan, remember, a few years back wrote a book on this, Erasing Hell, which is really ultimately what so many are talking about and trying to do. Just get rid of the thought altogether because it offends. And it is offensive. None of us in our consciences love the idea that anyone would be separated from God forever. And yet again, we have to go back to the words of Christ himself. And he described hell uh, often. He described it as a place of judgment, of darkness, of fire, and lamentation, lament. And so he described it in such a way, I believe, as to stir up a fear, to say, take this seriously. This is real, and I want you to be prepared. And ultimately, that was the good news of his message, that there is a way to experience that restored relationship with the Father through his life, through faith. And that saves us from this eternal separation. It saves us from choosing that way of abandoning love of the Father and taking on these other loves, these other idolatries in life that has these eternal consequences to us. And so we just can't get away from that fact that the Bible describes hell as a real place for those, according to the words of Jesus, have chosen not to submit their lives to him in faith. And so um, it's a solemn thing, our message. And yet this is the beauty, I'll just kind of end with this, is that it's the exclusivity of our message, that there is a way to restoration and love. It's, it's exclusive because it's only through Jesus, but it's beautiful for the world because it's, it's also an inclusive message. It's inclusive because it involves everyone. It's available to everyone, the entire globe, without uh, taking into consideration any of our backgrounds, our struggles, even the sin that we've been talking about that's entangled each of us in our lives. You know, Pastor Dan, uh, as I listen to Pastor Steve, I think about a young generation of believers that many have called the justice generation, right? They are impassioned about uh, addressing the brokenness of our world. And if I had a room full of young believers, I would want to affirm that. I would want to say, uh, good for you that you have this kind of righteous indignation. We should when it comes to people being hurt or harmed in our world. But I also would want to caution them not to use worldly tools to try to fix a spiritual problem, right? And that if you go about doing that, you've kind of missed diagnosed again what the real issues are. And if Pastor Steve is right, whatever outrage we have about the damage that's being done in this lifetime, hey, eternity is much longer, right? It's, it's so much longer. And if we really want to see the, the justice of Jesus, uh, we would start with the souls of men. And this is what makes uh, evangelical orthodox theology different than liberation theology that simply talks about trying to fix societal structures. There's not gonna be a utopia here, but there can be a transformation in here. But Pastor Dan, I, I think one of the uh, places I'd love to go with this conversation, we could talk for hours, is what do we do with this good news, right? 
because uh, we all know the story of, uh, and, and maybe you've heard this, of the man who's on death row and he's asked, would you like to talk to a pastor? And the pastor comes and he says, I don't believe anything that you Christians say because if it were true, if I really believed that hell was real, I'd, I'd be telling everybody I knew. And because you guys aren't, I can't believe that is true. What do we do with this good news? Well, I, I think first we ask ourselves, have I embraced it? Yeah. Merit intellect yeah. and of acknowledging that some data, data points may be valid is not faith. Yes. And so I think we truly must examine our hearts to say, have I recognized my desperate need for a savior? That it's not my good efforts, if it's not my trying to level the scale to make sure maybe my good outweighs. But if, if I truly embrace the fact that I'm desperately in need of atonement that can only come by someone who's pure and right and good, and have I placed my faith in him? Yeah. So it starts there. But then I think that it, it continues. It takes that, that truth and that faith and continues to apply it to all these different areas of life, Absolutely. making sure that I haven't simply embraced a gospel that gets me out of hell, but I've embraced a gospel that can introduce heaven, yes. right? Yeah. And so I can take that reconciliation, the message of reconciliation that's so powerful and changes my eternal destiny, mm -hmm. but also can change our world yeah. and can bring a sense of the kingdom of God here and as I'm living out justice. Yes. But the greatest injustice would be to hoard that message, yeah. right? That's to right. hold that to ourselves. The greatest act of kindness, the greatest act of justice would be to make sure that people of all nations and all cultures yeah. and language groups have access to that message of Jesus Christ. Yeah. To make sure those people that know me know the reason of the hope that lies within me, that is because of Jesus that I do this or that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that so much of what you said reminds me that we have to, when we're sharing the gospel, tell people what we've been saved from and what we've been saved for, right? We have been saved from, yes, the wrath of God, right? And the idols of our own hearts, we've been rescued from those things but we've also been saved for relationship with him and to be his mouthpieces, his ambassadors to a watching world. Uh, guys, we could talk obviously all day on this. I, I want to uh, maybe give some resources if you guys can think of any. I, I, I think of the importance of every believer should read a, a theology. They should read some Bible doctrines book, a book on on these things, right? In addition to scripture. Uh, and so uh, one of the books that I've uh, appreciated over the years is Wayne Grudem's uh, Bible Doctrines. It's a basic introduction to Bible doctrines or the gospel. Uh, any basic resources you guys would like to recommend, Steve or Dan, on understanding the gospel or going further in this conversation? Yeah, I think, I think for those who are seeking, you know, for those who are just saying, what is this gospel that I hear of? And maybe this was a brief conversation introduction, yes. but to go a bit deeper into the word of God and say, hey, the solutions from the world, they're not, they're not, yes. they're not solving this. Yes. 
And so what solutions does someone outside of us, an authority above us, have for us? And so Greg Gilbert, you've yeah, heard of that oh, book. Yeah. He, he wrote the book called The Gospel. Yeah. And um, so looking at Greg Gilbert's book, and he just outlines a very simplistic way of understanding the truth of Scripture when it comes to the good news of Jesus. And so if you haven't read it, it's a great one. It's a great book. And then yeah. the book Gospel Fluency. Yeah is a great tool to help us understand the application of the gospel to various points of life, yeah. uh, to make sure that we are living out that gospel truth in these various worlds, both, both in the, the, the eternal perspective and of our destiny as well as our temporal experience right now. Yeah. Guys, I got to be honest with you. This is the hardest edition of the link for me to end because I want to keep going into this. This is so critical because it is the gospel and we have to get it right. If we don't get this right, then everything else will be wrong. And so my friends, I do want to encourage you to go deeper into the resources that we've given to you. I also want to say to all of our Woodside family, this is why we have campus pastors. Every one of your campus pastors would love to have this conversation with you. And I also want to say to our friends who are not a part of Woodside, maybe you are watching and you're saying, man, I would love to talk more about this. How is salvation experienced? Can I lose my salvation? Again, what about this whole concept of corporate sin? There's so much to explore here. We would love to meet with you as well. And so feel free to contact us, go to our website, get connected with us, leave a comment below. I promise you we'll follow up with you. Um, but for everyone that's out there, let us make sure as Pastor Dan said that we first have believed on these things and then let's share it because the world is waiting for the good news of Jesus Christ. I wanna pray for us and then uh, bid you adieu, let's pray. Father, thank you for revealing these things to us, the Lord. We recognize that scripture is true, uh, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We don't deserve your mercy, your grace. What we deserve is judgment and wrath. But thank you for sending your son, Jesus, uh, who lived a sinless life, who died for us, who rose from the grave, demonstrating that all power is in his hand. And thank you, the Lord, that these things, the Lord, have been captured for us in Scripture and that we don't have to try to earn your approval through our efforts or good deeds. The Lord, all of our good deeds apart from Christ are as filthy rags. But by putting simply our trust and faith to be able to affirm that these things that are captured in Scripture are true and to accept your offer of salvation, Lord, that we can be saved. And Lord, I do pray that for any of our friends that are watching right now, that are ready to make that decision, that today would be the day of salvation. And Lord, I do pray that we wouldn't keep this good news to ourselves, but that we would spread it until all have heard. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for being with us. I can't wait till we're together again. Make sure you stay tuned here for the next edition of The Link.